Now have your Bibles turn to Exodus chapter 2 this morning. Exodus chapter 2 this morning. Uh, there are a lot of good mothers uh, in the scriptures that we could choose from to talk about this morning. We could choose Hannah and her prayer to the Lord. We could choose Rachel and her prayer to the Lord. We could look at the Proverbs 31 woman, when that's a lot of people are going to look at this morning. We could have looked at that. We could even look at Mary, the mother of Lord, who was entrusted with the King of Glory and the Son of God. This morning I'd like to preach to you about this mother, and her name is Jacobet. She's the mother of one of the greatest men of the Bible in the Old Testament, Moses. One that they called by God by a burning bush to go into Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. When you see all these great men of the Scripture, uh, what they usually find is that the, they didn't get there alone. There was always somebody behind them. Somebody in their past. Somebody that prayed for them. Somebody that pushed them. Somebody that protected them. Somebody that helped them before they ever became the name that we know them as we know them. I think about John the Baptist, one of the greatest men of the Scriptures. Not very much heard about his mother and father, Elizabeth and Zacharias. But yet the Bible tells us they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were great parents. So this morning I like to look at Moses' mother. I don't usually preach these type messages on these days. Just preach whatever the Lord laid on my heart. And I believe this is what He's laid on my heart this morning for each and every one of us. In Exodus chapter 1, when you get to Exodus chapter 1, you find that the, uh, the, the Israel is starting to outnumber the Egyptians. And they, they recognize that and they say, hey... They're getting numbered on us. So they put out, the Pharaoh put out a creed to the midwives. When you go to them and they're having a child, if it's a man child, kill it. But if it's a woman child, let it live. But when they came back and told Pharaoh's, hey, them Jewish women, they're some tough women. They already had the child before we got there. They couldn't stop it. But they was dealing with it. So in chapter 2, let's stand for reading what God's Word in chapter 2. We'll pick it up in chapter 2, verse number 1. And there went a man unto the house of Levi, and took the wife of the daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him for three months. And when she could not no longer hide him, she took him for him an ark of bulrush and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid him in the flax by the river's brink. And his sister stood far off to wit which be done to him. And the daughter of the Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maiden walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flax, she sent her maid to fetch it. 
And when she had opened it up, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said the sister of Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse this child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto the Pharaoh's daughter, and she became, he became her son, and she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew them out of the water. And it came to pass in those days when Moses was grown, he went into the brethren, looked on their bro- uh, brethren, and he spied the Egyptians, smiting the Hebrew, one of his brethren. And he took his way, and that way, when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian, and hid him in the sand. Let us pray. Father, we just come before you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy and uh, graciousness and love. This morning, we'll just ask you to touch our hearts, lift us up. We thank you for all these mothers here this morning, Lord. Uh, it's a tough calling to be a mother today, but Lord, we thank you for them. Give them peace, give them understanding, Lord. And maybe something be said this morning to help them along their way. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. We, we find here the birth and early childhood of one of the Israel's greatest leaders. And here we find a woman that has major influence in his life. Not just one woman, as a matter of fact. Uh, there are three women that have major influence in Moses' life. One that shaped in him and molded in him uh, uh, his, his sister, Miriam, and his own mother. And then the Pharaoh's daughter also played a major role in the shaping of Moses' life. The truth it is, all of us, uh, all of the men sitting here can say the same thing. There's been somebody in your life that's been in your past that has shaped and molded you to make you what you are this morning. Amen. It, it may have been a mother, a grandmother, an aunt, or a sister, or somebody that just cared enough about you. I, I know what that's like to have somebody that shaped and molded you to make you what you are today. And somewhere along your life, they can see their fingerprints in your life and what you have become. I thank God this morning... And I just say there's not a feminine bone in my body, but I thank God for the feminine hand that's been on my life. Uh, I've had several, but one of the greatest hands in my life was my grandmother. She shaped me. She molded me. It's just like Boaz, a great man in the Bible of Ruth. His mother, you say, Who's Boaz? The great kinsman, redeemer, the Bible called him. His mother Rahab. You know who his mother was? Rahab. She was the harlot of Jericho. She got saved by the scarlet cord. She got right with God and start teaching her son how to treat a woman, how to live a life, how to help people, how to be a man of a character. A man of principle. Thank God for shaping in our lives this morning. All you young men here this morning, you've got a godly mother and a godly 
Father, you ought to thank God. You ought to get down on your knees and thank God that God has put somebody in your life that's godly to teach you, to mold you, to lead you, to guide you. You ought to thank God for that this morning. Somebody that loves you unconditional. Even when you're not even lovable. And still prays for you this morning. I imagine the mothers here this morning are still praying for their children. This grown and gone out the house, they're still praying for their children this morning. There's some things about uh, uh, this mother I'd like to bring out to you, and I want to see it this morning that may help you uh, as your as your duty as a mother this morning. Uh, first, look at her initiative. She conceived and bared a son. She hid him for three months as long as she could possibly hide him. And when she couldn't hide him no more, she made an ark and put him in the water and entrusted him into God's hands. And we find this mother saying, I would rather entrust him in the hands of God than to trust him in the hands of the pharaohs of Egypt that would kill him. She there's no way. I'm not going to give my baby over to them to ruin and wreck his life. Let me say this right here. Mama, you ought to take some initiative in your child's life. Don't trust your hand, take your hands off of them. Uh, the world is trying to ruin them. The world is trying to snatch them out. Uh, the world is trying to pump uh, all this immorality in their minds and their hearts and, uh, and your child. And, and at least they babies down wrong road uh, of sin and, and get them in a pathway that you cannot stop. Uh, mama, don't, don't take your hands off of them. Uh, keep your hands on them this morning. You ought to take the initiative to teach your child something about God this morning. Guide your baby. Teach them. Love them. Care for them. Get your babies to God. Amen. And say, I don't care what the world says. I don't care what they're trying to teach. I'm getting my baby to the house of God and let God teach them. I'm going to get them around the Word of God and people God that they may get help. We, we see her initiative here. We see her intervention here. She takes this baby and intervenes and puts him in the Nile River. And God uses a woman to come by and intervenes and draws him out. Can you imagine this baby in this ark in the Nile River? The, well, that's, that's, that's meal time there. He see this little ark going, and can you imagine this baby in this little ark made out of bulrush, and he's going down the Nile River. Don't think he don't start crying, and it draws attention to all the predators in the water. But somehow or other, I believe that God had his hand on him, and God was not going to let nothing happen because he was a goodly man. There was a God in heaven that was looking down and was protecting him. Boy, I tell you what, we need some mothers to start playing for the protection of their children today. We're living in a society today they want to ruin your kids. School wants to ruin your kids. Uh, flesh wants to ruin your kids. The world wants to ruin your kids. God said he's a chosen vessel unto me. 
my hand is on him. Can I say you are a chosen vessel of God this morning? If you are God's child this morning, you're chosen of God, and he has his hand on you this morning. You see, Moses' mama could see, couldn't see what the Lord sees. She couldn't see what God could see. Listen to me, mama. You have no idea what you're raising. You have no idea what you're raising. But God sees down the road what you can't see. God knows. God knows. Let me tell you what. I know my family didn't think I would ever be what I am today. They didn't think I would stand behind a pulpit and preach the word of God. They didn't think I'd ever go to church. I was a mean little boy. I was out in the world. But let me tell you what. God saw something down the road. God saw something that nobody else could see. And thank God. Thank God. Praying people. Notice the imprint on his life. The Bible said that Pharaoh's daughter called the child mother. And she said, take this child, nurse it for me. Now I'm getting near to imagine that, the mother getting paid to take her own children to raise it. They don't do that today. Mm -mm. And she took the child and nursed it. And at that time, Moses was born until the time that he went and moved into the palace. The only, the only hands that was in his life, the only instruction that he got was not from the world, which was Egypt. Uh, it was not from anybody else, uh, but it was from his mother. All the instruction that Moses got came from his mother, his own mother this morning. Can you imagine what she would tell that boy? I want to tell you, you know, she set him on his knees and said, Hey, son, I've got something to you. Let me just, she start putting the things of God in him early. Mama, can I tell you this morning, you ought to start putting some things in your child that Egypt cannot take out. You ought to start putting something in your child the world can't take out. You ought to start putting something in your child that the flesh cannot draw out. The problem is we're not putting things into our children today. And the world is drawing them out. Put something in your child today that the world can't take out. I, I don't care what the government says. I don't care what they say you ought to do. I'm just telling you. Put something in your child that's going to stay with them for a long time. So what did Ma, uh, Mama Moses tell Moses? A little bit at a time. She would instruct him. You believe, I, I, I believe she gave him some stuff that he needed. She gave him more than milk physically. I believe she gave him knowledge spiritually for his spiritual side as well. He wrote the book of origin, Genesis. And that, you know, he, the knowledge of God. But I also believe that his mama sat down and told him. And he was listening to his mama on her knee. And she would instruct him. Well, ain't that some precious times when you're sitting with your child by yourself? Your child looking at you and you're looking at your child there. And you got something you need to say. 
And God puts in your heart to say something, and they're sitting there looking at you. Those big eyes just wanted to absorb everything that you tell them, everything that you're saying. They, they just want to absorb it. What are you telling your child this morning? What are you giving them this morning? Are, are you giving them the food that they need this morning? Are you give them guidance that they need this morning? We got young people in here, let me tell you. It won't be long, you're right on your own. You're going to need something to stick with you. Something that's going to be there for a long time. You need something that's going to help you in the end. So what did Moses' mama tell Moses and, and, and uh, uh, instructed him when it's going on? First of all, she told him about the start of creation. I, I can see Moses... As, she was, as he was growing up, he's already been to the palace and, and he's starting to learn things from the Egyptians. He, he's there with their doctrine and, and their education and their astrologers and he's there with all these great minds in Egypt and uh, he's learning and absorbing things. Uh, and I believe when he goes back to home to mama, he's getting to mama and saying, Mama, you know what they're teaching down there? They're teaching that we, everything came in a big bang, boom. Uh, all this happened like that. Uh, and we came from monkeys and all that stuff. And he says, Mama, is that true? Mama says, come here, son. Yeah, sit on my knee. Let me tell you something. Let, let, let me instruct you in what really happened. They said beings and beings years ago. Jacobet got him on her knee. She said, don't ever forget this. Don't ever forget this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without void and darkness. It was upon the face of the earth. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. Moses, I want you to know this. Don't ever forget this. Uh, we didn't come from some big bang. Uh, and we didn't come from some animal. Uh, but God created you. God formed you out of the dust uh, and breathed life in the nostril. God said, you are mine. He made you a living soul. That's where you come from, Moses. You didn't come from some big bang. You didn't swing from the trees, Moses. That's what they're teaching your children today in school. That's what they're telling your children today in school. Mama, if you don't start putting the right stuff in your child today, they're going to believe they swung through trees. Get it right. Amen. You know what the problem with this generation is? We ain't got enough mamas to put something in our babies today before the public school gets a hold of them. The school system, college system has lied to our children over and over and over. They have twisted their minds. Tell them that they came from an animal. No wonder they act like animals out there. You get told you would come from an animal, you're going to act like an animal. 
But listen to me. You didn't come from an animal. You didn't come from an amoeba out of the ground. You were designed an organization of a thrice holy God. The image of God with a body, a soul, and a spirit. You come from somewhere and you're going somewhere. And God made you. And if God made you and done that, God will judge you this morning. You need to where you know where you're going this morning. Amen. You need to know where you're going. What did Mama tell Moses? She told him about the start of creation. Your children need to know and believe where it all started at and who started it all. Hey, if you're waiting for the school system to teach your children all that, then you got another thing coming. They're not going to teach them that. It is not Egypt's job. It is not the world's job to teach your child where they came from, where they originated from. It's not their job. Mama, Daddy, it is your job to tell your child that God created them. Teach them. If you let the world get a hold of your child, it'll mess their mind up this morning. Tell them where they came from, swinging from the trees. But you need to instruct them and guide them and teach them in the ways of God. In the way they should go. You said in here this morning, you quite haven't figured that out yourself this morning. You've got the book in your hand. If you've got the King James, they tell you exactly where it all began and exactly where it's all going to end. And everybody in here is going that way. Amen. If you, if you waited for me to teach your child, wrong answer. You teach your child. You train your child. You instruct your child this morning. We, we instruct children on everything else, don't we? We got some new drivers in here. They just didn't learn that by themselves. Amen. They had to be instructed. You know, say, I understand this world today, and I don't like this thought mentality. This thought is, well, I instruct my kids on everything. I tell them how to play ball, how to pitch, and how to play football, how to drive, and everything. But when it comes to religion, oh, no, no. <laughs> I let them figure that out on their own. If they ain't smart enough to drive, they ain't smart enough to figure out where they're coming from or going to. But we let that part be in their life. We'll let you take that and put it in your own life. Amen. Amen. No. Mama, you need to teach them. We need to teach them. We're losing our children day after day after day to the mentality of this world and what they're teaching our kids. And that's why we got so many problems with our children today. I mean, talking about, you talking about high schoolers, bad. But when you get down in elementary and, and, and junior high and they're getting drunk and strung out on dope and going in and killing people, we've got problems. Yeah. And the reason why they have not been instructed on the way they needed to go. We've left it up to everybody else except 
the word of God. You get mad at it, I don't care. I'm just telling you. She told him about the creation, where he came from. You're special. You didn't swing from some tree. God created you. And if God created you, God's going to judge you. And I thank God created everybody in here. She taught him about creation. She also taught him about the curse of sin. The curse of sin. She, you know, they, she was saying, your mama's down there, they're always telling me everybody's good. And on the inside, everybody has a spark of goodness on the inside. Everybody essentially in the heart is a good person. She said, no. She sat him down on her knees and said, they're teaching you down there the immoralities, the lifestyles. The living is all right. It's all right to kill babies today. Moses said, that's not the way it was, Moses. That's not it. Genesis 3, and now the serpent was more subtle than any beast in the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the uh, woman, Yea, have thou said, you shall eat of every tree of the garden, but shall not eat of that one. Shall you not touch it unless you die? But the servant said, hey, you surely will not die. That's the world will telling you. You're, you don't have to live that kind of life. You don't have to surrender your life to God. You don't have to be a Christian. You just live a good life, do good works, do all these good things, and you'll make it to heaven. No. No. That's a lie straight out of hell. That's a lie straight out of hell. They were naked and realized they had sinned and God had to come and kill a lamb and cover them up. There's got to be some blood shed for the remission of sin. I'm telling you, Moses, there's still a price to be paid for sin. And there is a high cost. Moses, you mark this down. Every man is born a sinner. Every man is born a sinner. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is still death. Moses' sin is always going to cost us something. Mama, you need to teach us children. There's a price to be paid for sin. You say, I, I, I teach my little children. There's a price for sin. How do I do that? How do, you, how do you teach a child there is a price for sin? Have you ever told your child to take out the garbage? No, I ain't doing that. I don't like doing that. I won't do that. It's not my job. I've had my oldest son tell me it ain't my job. Yeah, it is. It's your job because I told you it was your job. 
you, you let your child, you let these little child smart off you right now, talk back to you right now, you think it's all cute. Oh, look, they're just they're so cute. I tell you what, it ain't so cute when they get 15, 16, 17 years old and slam the door in your face, cuss you out, and tell you to get lost. It ain't funny then. But that's what we're raising today. You want to know how to teach your child there's uh, a penalty for sin? Punish them. My form of punishment when I was coming up was a leather belt. I'm not talking about abusing your child. I'm not talking about that. But I'm going to tell you what, you put some leather to that backside of there, you'll get their attention. I don't care how old they are, you will get their attention. That's how you teach them. But every time you do something wrong, this is the consequences. And when you start teaching them at a age, at a young age, they'll realize I cannot do that. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to say this. I have to walk this way. Mama said not to do that. I cannot do that. But if you don't, you're going to pay the price. I thought I'd get you out of here early, but I'm not. I, I'm amazed at the society today. We took God and the Bible out of the school system where it should have been teaching these young ones, thus saith the Lord, and we took it out of the schools and years later now when they get in trouble and get down in the jailhouse and they slam that bar in front of them, they hand them a Bible. Here, read this. Well, that's kind of a waste of time there. I've been in the prisons. I've seen them guys down there. They all messed up. And they hand them Bibles. And here, you can get right by reading this. You should have been taught that from day one. I'm amazed at our school system that took the Bible out, took God out, and look what kind of system we got now. Well, yet we'll stick them in the prisons and give them a Bible. Read the Bible. I ain't saying they can't get saved in there, but if they'd have given them a Bible when it was over in the school, they might not have wound up over here in a jailhouse somewhere. I'm just saying, that's my opinion, that's what I'm thinking, that's what I'm looking at. I'm just saying, it might not have been that way. She told him about the start of creation. She told him that there was a curse for sin. Then she told him of the coming Savior. So where did she tell him about that? When you read Genesis 3 and Genesis 22, you can't help see that Moses knew something about a lamb that was on his way. Genesis 3 said, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his head. Moses said, They're teaching us that the best way to get to heaven is just be a good person. Everybody's going to heaven. You don't have to worry about it. You can hug a tree and go to heaven. You can just live a good life and and, and give tithes and give money and and help people. That's how you get to heaven. Moses' mama said, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You can't get to heaven that way. 
The only way to get to heaven is to be cleansed of sin. And the only thing that can cleanse sin is still the blood. It must be washed by the blood. It must be cleansed by the blood. You're sitting here this morning and you got something in your life that needs to be cleansed. It's still the blood that cleanses all sins. Amen. It was pointing to a lamb that was coming. So there's a lamb that's going to come that's going to shed blood that will wash away the sins of the world. And I love this. People say, well, if that happened, I don't have to say nothing about it. Well, you, you do. You still got to claim the blood. Still got to claim it. It still has to be applied to your life. This, the sins of the world has been cleansed by the blood, but if you don't claim it, you own that sin. You own that sin. I thank God for the day that I realize on my way to hell without God, lost and undone, I needed something. I needed somebody in my life. Nobody else could help me. The preacher couldn't help me. The deacons couldn't help me. The singers couldn't help me. I realized right then and there I had to get down on my knees and plead my case to the only one that can help me. The only one that died for me. The only one that shed his blood for me. He came down. He touched me. God will provide. God will provide. When Abraham was taking his son up to the top of Mount Moriah, he said, God will provide himself a lamb. There is a lamb coming, he was saying. A lamb is on the way. You say, where did that lamb show up at? One day on a dusty road, old John the Baptist in the Jordan baptizing. He's looking around and people getting shout. He's preaching the fire out. All of a sudden he looked up. Oh, behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. That's when he showed up. That's when he showed up. Moses' mama was putting in something inside Moses that when he moved to the palace that they couldn't take out of him. Because he's rooted and grounded. He was instructed. She gave him instructions that will last a lifetime. Can I say this this morning, mamas? Are you giving your children instructions that's going to last a lifetime? Because it is your job. To instruct. Well, all my kids are grown and left home. It's still your job to instruct. It's still your job. There's nothing bonds more than the mother and a child's bond. It's just something about that bond that connects that just is always there. And I I guarantee you, every boy in here has a soft spot for their mother. Amen. I guarantee you. That bond. You you need to be instructing your child this morning. It is mama's job. And mama, are you doing your job? Or are you waiting for somebody else to do it for you? I'm just telling you. Put something in your child that the world cannot take out of. Put something in your child that the school system cannot take out of.
And can I say this? Let, let me say I'm about done. We say we need to put something in our children's life that they can't be taken out, but they also need to see that lifestyle that it can't be taken out. You need to live the life that you're trying to tell your child about. There is a God in heaven that created you. You didn't swing from some tree. God loved you. God cared for you. God died for you. You ought to be living that kind of life in front of your child. And they see it's real. It's real. If mom and daddy's got it, I want that this morning. What are you telling your child this morning? What are you teaching your child this morning? Let us stand this morning.